Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. In over 20 years as a professional photographer, Honey Atkinson has heard every reason why women hate themselves and don't want their picture taken. With her online phone photography course, Honey is sharing skills and ideas so they can show up as their best self. In the first half of business life, Honey had staff and a commercial space and a lot more pressure. She'd photograph families each year, and each year, mums would opt out, erasing themselves from the family history. After moving to Camden, New South Wales, Honey moved into brand photography and video for down-to-earth women and female-led brands with a rural presence. Honey loves teaching other small business owners how much can be achieved with phone cameras and natural light and runs a successful online phone photography course alongside her business. In this episode, we discuss Honey's commitment to empowering women and promoting positive body image, the challenges of re-establishing her photography business when she moved from Queensland to New South Wales, and the importance of photos and video that tell your unique brand story and help your business thrive. Honey also shares her valuable tips for taking better photos using your phone. Meet my friend, Honey Atkinson, photographer and filmmaker. Hello, Honey, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kimberly. Your story features in our upcoming issue 13, which is a fantastic read. And the great thing is that we have the podcast as well, where we can dig in a little bit. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that photography is all you have ever done. So I'm wondering, like if someone was to ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Was photographer the answer? Yes, absolutely. Anyone that I went to uh, high school with would have known, you know, in a huge um, area of people that I knew, everyone knew that I wanted to be a photographer. So um, it kind of started on, yeah, probably about year 10 in high school. I did um, a community arts six-week course and that was it I was like that's what I want to do and so that's my was my main focus during my art sessions in high school was sort of focusing on as much photography as I could get in and then in my spare time my mum bought me a camera my first film camera and you know every kind of party that I went to I'd always have the camera around my neck and that just sort of became a part of I guess my identity even as well. What was it that drew you to that industry? Well, I think I was definitely creative. My mum was creative as well. So I, um, when I enrolled in that six-week course, it was because I did the how to use your camera on manual. And so I was shooting film and I went out that day and took photos. And then I went back into the darkroom and the man who was teaching taught me how to process the film and then put it in the enlarger and then it came through in, in the developing tray. And so I think it was the timing of being, you know, 15 and wanting to do things on your own, that sense of like, wow, I just did that. I went and took photos and that same day I came back and developed the film and then it suddenly is a print appearing. So that sort of sense of achievement and like I had control over something was pretty amazing. Like I felt like I could do anything. I was like, wow, I could just take photographs of this and then come back in and then develop it. So it was, I guess, a sense of freedom and being able to do something on my own completely um, and something creative was, yeah, just like I remember that first image coming through in black and white and going, yep, this is what I want to do. This is awesome. 
Isn't that interesting? Um, I did photography in year 11, it would have been. Um, I probably had different ideas of what the dark room was for, but more so that <laughs> when I took photos, I, I would just compare mine to everyone else's. I'm like, I just don't have an eye for this. Like, I, you know, I think that some people, you have an eye for detail. It's sort of hard to know whether it's already part of you, you know, whether you've got that eye or whether it's learned, maybe a combination of both. Mm. So when you talk about sort of being a photographer for, you know, the last 20 years professionally, when I think about 20 years ago, photography wasn't a huge business, was it? In terms of, you know, going out on your own as a female and working as a photographer. No, it wasn't. I think initially when I first started out, it was just, um, I guess, for the the art kind of aspect of it that I liked, the creativity. Um, And then once I kind of got closer to finishing high school and then I went on to uni, there was definitely more of an interest in doing something like fashion photography, which is kind of a joke now because I'm anything other than interested in fashions. And I think at the time I thought it would be like I'd go to a, a city like New York or something like that and I would have this you know, a life away from a small town and something really amazing. And then I um, moved to Sydney after I finished my uni degree and um, was just assisting some sort of bigger commercial photographers. And I realised after about six months of doing that that I just didn't have the personality to do something like that. I just was, I guess, more sensitive and I wasn't really into kind of, you know, like the kind of, I guess, the pretense that goes along with fashion shoots and the stress and yeah and I realized oh wow okay this is not me at all and it's funny I kind of thought so clearly you know at sort of 21 because I went as a mature age student that that was what I was going to do and yeah it's not at all what it turned out to be. Mm. You sent through a gallery of images and they're just they're really incredible and one of the things you talk about um, because you do have an online course which is incredible but one of the things you talk about is light And like, that's what I noticed when I looked at them. It's just that beautiful golden light coming in and it, I don't know, it it does something magical to that photo. Is there something that you realize when you are out sort of on set as such, when you're taking photos and that light is perfect, does, does everything just sing through your lens and you're like, wow, this is magical? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know, I know like when the light is spectacular and I'm in a great position for it, and my whole body is alive and kind of tingling and I just know it like that I get this sort of rushing feeling in my body where I know that I'm capturing something that's going to be special and that's a great that's a great feeling yeah it must be and I I bet those people that receive their galleries open it up as well and just they must be so proud about how they look in those photos because that's something that you love to talk about quite passionately is you know women and body image and that's something that comes through your article did you want to tell us a little bit about that like what you've noticed as a photographer when you are shooting women yeah I think most women walk around with a fairly decent amount of sort of insecurities bubbling away in the back of their mind sometimes it's you know louder than than others but I think um, what I'm always surprised about is is the variety of things that people feel yuck about in their body and they often voice it at a photo shoot the first thing they say is even though they book me for a photo shoot is I hate having my photo taken and can you not get my nose from this angle can you not get my eye that eye is smaller than the other I look fat from that angle my ears funny there I don't like that part of my hair I've got horrible clays on today you know it's the, the list every time I start a shoot is is the same, is normally listing that they don't like having their photo taken and then why because of something about their body or how they look. I feel like that that and then also having a daughter 
and being really conscious about and responsible for the things I say about my body and and never saying anything horrible about it in front of her because I realised that that's just, you know, perpetuating her thinking those things and that that's normal from Connor early on. And so the sort of that aligned with the fact that, you know, on a regular basis I'm hearing it at work, I guess it sort of made me be more conscious of how I see myself and also, I guess, more gentle and trying to find a way to make women feel good about themselves in a work situation, you know, for their photos. And and also, I guess it makes me understand why people put off having their photo taken because, you know, there's all these, there's so many layers to it that, that it's not just like, I feel fat today. It's there's all these things that have been around bubbling in people's minds since they were really young or, you know, something, someone that said to them at high school or at a workplace. So I guess um, I feel a really big responsibility that when I'm at a, a photo shoot that I'm making people feel good about themselves um, and I'm making sure I'm capturing, you know, them in their best light. If I can kind of take the things that they say on board and then try and represent them in a way how I see them and probably the rest of the world sees them, then I feel like I've done my job. If I can, you know, get past the, the way they see themselves, the lens in which they see themselves and, yeah, how the rest of us see them, then I feel like I've done well. And I try to do that through more through kind of beautiful light gentle light where where people's skin looks beautiful and I do do retouching on photos and I try to be minimal but I have to say you know when I do ask people you know what level they'd like as far as editing goes most people would say honestly like at almost a 10 out of 10 they would like the most you know edited photo they could of themselves um, and I try to sort of err as natural as I can because that's my style but um, I'm also trying to please people as well so it's an interesting balance you know between I think in a ideal world I'd love to probably not really retouch images at all but I'm kind of also needing to respond to what people are wanting as well. Yeah it must be a tough gig and I think one of the questions that I was going to ask there was um, how do you help them and as you said one of them's lighting which oh my gosh that whole golden light yeah. at a, you know around sort of that five o'clock not so much in you know high summer but there's something about that light that just makes everything delicious uh, yeah. through <laughs> through yeah. the lens but um you know are there other things that you do as well honey like is there perhaps positioning someone um you know and and helping them stand a certain way that might photograph better because this is the other thing you're a professional like this is why we trust in professional photographers is because you know angles you know lighting yeah definitely I think um positioning of people is a huge uh huge factor in it so putting you know often I'll, I'll position someone more you know on the side to one angle or making sure that when I'm photographing there's a big thing is people worrying about chins <laughs> and often I find what people do is they you know put their head back as if lifting their chin out, but all that does is kind of show your chin more because you're lifting your head up. And so um, often, you know, I'm telling people to push push their chin forward and down so then your chin it becomes more kind of pronounced and separate from your, your neck. And so that's little things like that and often they can feel a bit funny and there's a lot of laughter that goes on with the things, you know, like with stuff like that, They're like, oh, this looks ridiculous, but, you know, they can kind of see in the end result that just having that ability to separate your, um, you know, your chin from your neck um, and it might feel funny when you're doing it and makes you laugh, but often it does really give you a much more defined neckline. Yeah, I don't know if this is vain or how how this is taken, but through Oak, 
like I found that I have my photo taken a lot, whether it's at events, um, you know, and I'm on photo shoots with photographers, same as you listening to what they're saying and all those really funny poses that feel awkward. But like sometimes I practice at home, you know, how to stand, where to push, position my hand, um, that chin one as well. And I think like when I've practiced at home, I can then go to an event and if someone isn't you um, and it's just, you know, someone with an iPhone, like at least I've got a semi-decent photo if I've tried to position myself well. I think that's, I think that's great advice um, and that's something that I talk about in my online course about there's a level of if you don't like having your photo taken so then you avoid it all the time even if you don't have professional photos just you know for any context whether it's you know family stuff and you're always hiding I feel like the more you hide and the more you don't show up then the more confronting it is and so and then you don't confront it so then you don't think about how you might pose or position yourself in a better way so that next time you look better in the photos or look more like you and so it's kind of like you have to put a bit of time in and maybe go through a bit of an uncomfortable stage. So I feel like I've seen myself because, you know, so I have to take photos for work and behind the scenes. And so I see myself over and over again on the screen. So it's a bit like, you know, exposure. Like the more I see myself from different angles, then I guess it takes a lot of the sting out of it. It's kind of like, whereas you're kind of always hiding all the time. And then every now and then you see a photo of yourself, it's really confronting because you're like, what, is that how I look? But I feel like over the years of just being in photos more and sh- having to show up, then I'm like, oh, well, you know, those lines are there on my face and that's just how it is and you know that's how my nose looks from that angle I didn't know that so there's that level of that and also understanding that okay by having a few goes at practicing how you look in front of the camera then okay maybe when I stand like this like what you said standing from this angle and maybe moving my head at least if I can just roll that pose out that the next time someone takes a photo of me then I've got like a baseline of how, you know, I just look a bit more presentable or look a bit more like me and not this other version of however that person is in the shot. My go-to is um, the hand under the chin. <laughs> like, <laughs> and if anyone sees it, like every, I think, photo shoot I have, um, I've got that pose. It's just a pose. And I don't know, it might be that chin thing. Like it holds it up and you've got just the right angle and because normally you don't know what to do with your hands and it just, I don't know, takes that away. So um, I'm sure if someone looks through Oak, it's, yeah, it's there in every photo. It's like a go-to. I think I've seen that, yeah. 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 <laughs> or the laugh one, like I'm really good at the fake laugh. Like. Yes. That's, a, that's another thing I get people to do is to, to fake laugh. Most people are, are very obliging and I'm like once you fake laugh, then the real laugh comes afterwards. And I find that interestingly that I don't really shoot that many men, but when I do shoot men and I ask them to do it, most of the time they just refuse to do it. They're like, I'm not doing that. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, you can be serious. Go for it. And I think that's the thing. As you said, you, it is uncomfortable. Photo shoots sometimes aren't the the most comfortable thing to do. And as you said, those poses might feel really odd, but it's when you get the results back that you're like, this is so worth it. This is why, you know, I choose that photographer because obviously they can see it through the lens. And I think it's really interesting too, honey, when you have a gallery And I don't know if you ever sort of do this, but have you noticed that client would pick different photos to you? Absolutely. Yeah, because I think I'm looking at them from a perspective of being probably photographically beautiful and they're only looking at them through the lens of do I look okay? And I think does that person look okay still comes into it for me. So it's it's a balance of both, but I'm looking at it from like a, you know, artistic perspective and framing. Does that look good over there? Is that like a nice sort of like line through the image that guides your eye through? Whereas they're looking at it just like, do I look presentable or do I look ugly most of the time? 
Do you love the idea of taking the hard work out of shopping, knowing that someone else has curated for you endless apparel and homewares options that are high quality, often handmade and always beautiful? At Vivian Kate, the focus is on natural fibres and a timeless earthy style. You'll find high quality clothing in classic styles, unique homewares such as cow hides and handmade ceramics, gorgeous aromatherapy based skin and body products and so much more. Personally, I love the selection of jewellery. Karen from Vivian Kate is all about connection and understanding what you need and she offers a personal styling service by appointment. Karen loves to support other regional women in business and has a wide network of talented friends from all over the country whose work she stocks in store in the beautiful regional town of Yakandanda in northeast Victoria. The Vivian Kate website mirrors the charm of the bricks and mortar store, ensuring you can access the same carefully selected items with just a click. Find out more by visiting www.viviankate.com or check out our show notes for links. You started off in Townsville and now you're in beautiful Bega Valley, which couldn't be further away from each other. So, you know, what has that been like in terms of establishing a business in a whole new town? Pretty challenging, actually, if I'm honest. A lot of extra time spent connecting with people. So I moved from Townsville and then we went to Sydney for two years and then we were there for two years and then we moved to the Bega Valley and then we've been here for six years or five years. So that's been two moves with the business. And I guess with the Sydney one, I knew that I wasn't going to be there for a long time, but I needed to still get work. And so I found that um, for me, Instagram was huge. So, you know, being able to just looking up hashtags on the vicinity or area that I was living in and just sort of seeing what people were doing, what businesses were doing, what was interesting, what looked like there was some good stuff going on and then going to those businesses and either hanging out there or finding ways to connect with people, messaging people directly. And so I really made a huge effort to put myself out there and then find ways of sort of meeting up with like-minded people, maybe taking some photos. I might have done a few I think it was like a graphic designer that I met with initially, which was a great kind of connection. So just being kind of thoughtful about the contacts that I was making, that it was like, oh, that alignment would be quite good and not just from a business perspective. I had to kind of like the person. I'm not very good at just doing things because I think it's good for my business or making that connection. I do it because, you know, like genuinely I want to connect with that person and then it feels more a genuine connection. I can't pretend and just do things for work, for networking. It's not my style. And do you think that's something that's developed over time, like in that 20 years, like you've got to an age where you feel that way? It's like, you know, I have to do it for more than just the money. Yeah, I think so. I think I've probably always been a bit that way. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. I tend to sort of like say what I think, uh, not in like a rude way. I'm, I'm a very sensitive person, but just like if I think someone who I don't even know walks in and they look beautiful, I'm like, wow, you look amazing today. And they're like, oh, who are you? You know, I just kind of verbally express how I see the world and how I feel very easily. And so I, I think that that happens naturally, that I tend to disconnect with people that I genuinely feel a connection with rather than doing it just for a networking reason. I think that's always been a part of me. Yeah. Also, in terms of moving and just establishing a new clientele, you've had a major tech shift really through there. Yes. Well, I, it was actually halfway through. So I started out, that was in high school, doing film photography. And then in my second year out of the three years at uni, halfway through, we transitioned from film photography to digital. And so that kind of transition happened while I was at uni. And so by the time I'd finished, my only working like actual client work has been digital. So I guess I got lucky in that respect. I feel like I really hit the jackpot. I feel like my learning development, having to kind of learn in a, in a uh, analog setting with film 
was really great for me with my skills and then transitioning halfway through to digital. So by the time I was working for clients, I didn't have to worry about, you know, sending film away and things like that. I was well and truly, you know, like I'd gripped the digital and was just like, yep, I'm never shooting film again. And ironically, now I shoot film for my own personal stuff. So moving through the different stages, yeah, I think was fairly easy, I guess, in a way, because it had, I'd already started out in school. And then by the time uni came, then the digital had already, I'd embraced it. And then from then on, my whole working career, like paid working career was, was, was shooting digital. So I think it was a pretty easy transition. And it was when I was, you know, 21. So I think those things, you take them in your stride. Whereas I say, you know, maybe that I had been 40 in that transition, it might've been a bit more uh, rocky. You, you just roll with the punches a bit more. And also video. So that's something that's huge at the moment, uh, especially probably with the younger content creators. Again, uh, it just comes a little bit easy to them. But, you know, video is something that a lot of businesses, so your clients are looking for, and, and that's something you've upskilled yourself into. It is, yeah. So um, when my, would have been my second or third sort of digital camera, and then we have each one for about three years, that I had an option to shoot video, then I just embraced it. So I did, there was uh, an online course. This was, would have been 12 years ago now. It was an online course sort of based in America by a filmmaker and he was sort of showing how you could make kind of cinematic videos with a DSLR camera. And so I watched that and I think it was quite a long, maybe it was, it was quite a few hours, maybe it was like 20 or 30 hours. And so I just completely embraced that, watched every part of it and then just went, okay, I'm going to start shooting video. And, you know, the, it's been a learning experience. Early on, we, I shot a few weddings um, with video and then I kind of started doing where I'd shoot stills at some shoots and then I'd start shooting video kind of extra just for the client. And then I just, it kind of became a part of what I was doing fairly quickly. And then I've just kind of learned as I've gone along. So I've continually, like very different to my photography career where I had a real base of learning in a formal way through school and then through university. It was very formal. And then the video stuff has been all online courses and in per- and just learning stuff as I go learning the minimal amount possible to get by and then getting to a point and going, oh, okay, now I've got this next big video job that, you know, is, you know, it's quite detailed and now I've got to buy some more gear. How does that gear work? Okay, looking it up, figuring it out and then kind of playing tack. And so, yeah, it's been interesting running the two types of work side by side because, you know, photography for me, I just, I feel like I know like the back of my hand, you know, I could almost, at times I feel like I could almost shoot with my eyes closed, which is a stupid thing to say, but, you know, it, it feels very fluid. I don't have to think too much. Whereas video, I've been doing it for 12 years and because I've had to learn just things as I go, um, in between you know, the commitments of client work, I haven't been able to give it the same attention as learning as what I was when I was a young, you know, a teenager where I completely embraced that learning thing. So it's been interesting. I, I feel like it's it's given me new challenges and it, I, I got lucky that I took, took it on early. Like I was an early adopter of learning how to use it and then that meant that, um, you know, coincidentally then video became a big thing but I was already kind of playing had been playing around with it for quite a few years before that. Hmm. Do you see a lot of business owners wanting to incorporate video into their marketing and if so do they know how to use that then? Are they just wanting to do it because that's what social media tells them that we're supposed to be doing reels and this and that? Definitely I feel like that yeah people want to incorporate some level of video but they're really unsure of how to use it or what to do and so I kind of always advise my clients like it's great to have 
you know, professional photos and video done, but social media is a hungry beast and you really need to learn how to do some stuff on your own. It's not enough even to have one shoot a year where some professional creates some content for you. I feel like that's a baseline. You should have that as a level of, you know, professionalism to kind of pepper through your socials and making sure that your website is the highest standard it can be. And then you need to fill in the gaps by learning stuff yourself to make sure that you're communicating the business message well and your story and who you are and how you do things. And that requires you to have some base level of skill. And that way, by being engaged yourself, rather than saying, I'll just pay someone to just do content all the time, I feel like then then you're connected to, okay, what is the market wanting? What are other people in my area doing to promote what they do in video? And then you can actually be, you know, on board and a part of it. Whereas just going, oh, that looks like I should be doing that because people keep telling me and then paying someone to do it. I just don't think it's enough because then they, then you're just connected to, you know, what you need to do. You're just doing it because people are telling you should do it and you don't understand why you're doing it. Yeah, it never works. Um, it does have to be integrated. And I love that you are an educator. I just think back to a conversation I'd had with a photographer once and they were really apprehensive uh, teaching people how to take their own photos because then that would do them out of a job. I, can we talk about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I distinctly remember that conversation. So in Townsville, I, I used to have a photography studio and uh, my friend Megan and I were talking about, you know, rolling out these courses and then what it would mean. You're like, okay, because initially it was how to use your DSLR. And so we started doing them and I was like, some of these people are clients that we've shot their families for. So what, then they don't need us anymore. So we're doing ourselves out of a job. But that never happened. It really didn't because honestly, Right, especially with a DSLR, like a, a bigger camera, most people would come and do the course and that would it would be a fun weekend. They'd learn it. And because photography is part creativity, but like a really big part, there's a technical aspect to it, like learning a language, just doing a six-week course. Unless you use it on a regular basis, you're not going to remember any of it. And so, you know, you do the course and then the camera goes back in the bag and then you don't do anything. And that's what ended up happening. So many of the people that we, you know, sort of must have been like 10 or 12 years ago, we started running the courses and people would come along and it wasn't doing us out of a business. If anything, people were understanding the level of skill required to take a great photo. And that was what was interesting about it. I was like, people were going, oh, wow, this is really hard. You don't just press a button and then suddenly the photos are there. You have to understand shutter speed, you know, ISO, aperture. And then it's like, oh, but those conditions, now that we've changed them, you've got to change it again. And so I think it just made people appreciate the skill required more than anything. You now have an online course, which first of all is a a great opportunity for you to get in another revenue stream, um, but also to share your knowledge, which I just think is the best thing ever. Like knowledge is only powerful if shared. It's no good to you if you've already used it, you know, pass it on to someone else. So tell me about your phone photography for business owner course. Yeah, sure. So I've been running phone photography courses in person for quite a few years and I had been getting sort of every kind of month or so I'd get an email from someone in Australia saying, oh, will you run a course in South Australia? Will you run a course? in?" And initially I started looking into it and, and you know, was actually seriously thinking about running courses. But the logistics involved, especially when you've got young kids on travelling away, filling places and making that happen was just probably unrealistic. And so I thought, okay, well, I've got the skills to be able to create my own online course because I can do video so why don't I give it a go and I'd been kind of stewing on the idea at least for about five years and I guess I was just putting it off more because I was doubting that I had the ability to put it together and you know and a bit of imposter syndrome like I will you know 
maybe I'm not experienced enough. More in delivering like an online course in that way and having to show up and speak to camera. You know, like I can, yes, I can video things and yes, I can teach the content, but can I actually speak on camera and uh, deliver a course that, you know, has structure and things like that. So yeah, I guess I just had to be brave. And so I finally got myself uh, together and did it. Yeah. And I, I feel like I did it for all those people that couldn't make it to the courses. And it was a great chance for me to kind of to kind of go over the content that I created for the in-person ones and kind of create more structure and think about who my course is for, which is for, you know, normally small business owners, women owned often in rural areas, um, sometimes not, but normally solo people on their own that didn't have a budget to either have photography or if they did, they, you know, maybe only had budget to pay for someone once a year. So that was kind of where that started from, that kind of seed was planted and feel like giving business owners the power to um, be responsible for their own content mostly is is really important and you know like we had the conversation before just about am I doing myself out of you know business by teaching people how to do it I don't think so at all I think there's room for both and there has to be room for both so you know I would have professional photos taken but on a daily basis I'm still taking photos on my phone for my business and sharing them regularly I just um, it's essential skill to learn it's like being able to do your tax or all those requirements that are the minimum I feel like being able to take your own photos for a business owner is just like a baseline you just need to do it unfortunately and even if you don't you know like I guess if you, if you really dislike it then yes outsource everything if you've got the budget for it but I think if you can kind of get away with it then definitely be brave and, and saddle up and learn some skills yeah, to capture your own content. And sometimes it's just some simple things that will elevate that photo that you've taken on your mobile device as well. And I really do think that everyone needs to have a photo shoot at least once a year if they can find that budget. And that's for things like print, you know, and it's not just Oak. There are so many other print publications out there or, or even online where the requirement is some high resolution professional photos. Uh, so for someone to have those, it makes it so easy for me to say yes to your story because half of it's then already there. First of all, I can visually see uh, your story, but also, and I don't know how this comes across either, but like I don't have to pay for a photographer to go and take those photos again. And, you know, sometimes that just comes down to budget. It comes down to timelines. And also they might take this huge gallery, but they're just for the mag and we might only use a couple. Sometimes I think that's a bit wasteful. Whereas if you got that photo shoot yourself, you've got that whole gallery that you can use for everything and anything. So yeah, there's that aspect. And of course you need, you want your photos still to look good on Instagram. You can't use the professional ones all the time. And I think just to pepper those other ones in, this is not even a, a huge share, but clean your lens before you take a photo. Like that's even. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, when I created the course, I was trying to think about what was achievable. And so for me, I kind of talk about in the beginning about, yes, there is a, a few things you have to learn and it is a, like a bit of a learning curve. But, you know, if you kind of spend maybe an hour, you know, kind of putting, because it's not a long course of kind of putting that time in for learning and the idea is that I'm looking at it from a small business perspective because I'm that myself. And so I'm going, okay, what I'm asking you to do is find somewhere in your house or your workplace, like an area and finding that. And that takes a little while to get somewhere that's got great light. And then once you've found that spot, it's just a formula. I think that's what I find that people do. They go, oh, okay, I need to take a photo of myself for something, or I need to take a photo of this product or new you know, service or something I've got offering. And so they're walking around their you know, studio space or their house trying to like find 
oh, this looks terrible, there's security screens there. And so I think if you've already spent the time and you've allocated a spot in your house where it's, okay, it's pretty good light here and at this time of the day I've got a bit of a reflect set up, then you just wheel it out. And so on those times when you're kind of under, under stress or under duress to try and create some content that you need, then you just go to the baseline. You go, okay, here's my spot. I've already put the work in. I've spent that hour or two figuring that out like with the learning and yes, it was hard to find that time to begin with, but now that's done, I can just keep doing it. And so that was kind of my concept is that a little bit of time spent now is less time spent later. Yeah. I've sat in on so many mobile photography courses just as part of the social media training that I would do. And um, like I learned something each time, but it's just given me so many creative ideas and obviously a lot more confidence, even when I'm out and about, uh, to be able to take a great photo and then even just use that in a reel. So that's because obviously we can use stills in reels. We don't have to have video, but I think I love it from that sense. So yes, I have my professional stuff, but I think to to have that skill base and to learn of someone like yourself, um, how to have confidence in taking some better photos, honestly, your whole business just opens up. All those possibilities of how you can use social media, Instagram in particular, especially reels, it's valuable and it can make money as well which is obviously sometimes what we're in it for yes (laughs) definitely and I think it's that whole if you really are phobic about showing up in front of the lens then I completely respect that but there has to be like a degree of um, when you have a business people want to see the person who makes or creates that thing that they're selling and so by not kind of showing up I feel like if you're being honest and you think about the way you make your own purchasing decisions if you're not showing up you know in images I feel like that I'm more inclined to buy from people where I, I see a little bit of behind the scenes of of them working and it's not always about them looking perfect or having the most professional setup it's just like oh this person I can see their face okay they make that thing okay, I want to buy from them. So that that's in my head. And then the next time I think, oh, maybe I need to get a present for someone, then those images that I've seen because I feel like I know them now and I trust them. And so I guess that's a big thing I'm an advocate for is just, you know, I guess showing your face occasionally that, yes, you just only want to show the, the work that you've created, but people really like to buy from people. They do. I think we've already got to step up because we're regional and rural businesses. Like there's, you know, off the buy from the bush campaign, there is still that love for supporting. But also I think our superpower then is to add in our face. Um, And I am so much more likely to buy from someone that I know or that I can see, you know, who's behind that brand. And yeah, it's beautiful to know a bit of their story too and then pass that on to someone, you know, if I'm gifting that, it almost becomes more valuable, I think, as well. Oh, completely. I feel like that's where the value is. The value is in that person's story because you could buy those salts from anywhere, but why are those salts special? Because you know that person, you know their story, you know the backstory. And then so it's, you know, a combination, obviously not just photos, but but words, just mentioning things about why you do what you do, how you do what you do. Because people from the outside who don't do what you do find it incredibly fascinating. Like the, the response that I get for even kind of sharing behind the scenes of things that I do that I think, you know, aren't really that interesting. People think are amazing because we all like to kind of voyeur into (laughs) other people's lives. We do. We're such sticky beaks. So uh, just a couple of questions to wrap us up. And this is so the least serious question I've ever asked. Um, Are you Android or iPhone? I'm iPhone. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) When I run courses, the course is suited for both. And like, I'm not a gear person, but 
Uh, I have been using Mac operating system on my computer for a very long time. And I have to admit that, you know, the the functionality of how things work, I think, are designed in a much better way as far as how our human brain thinks and where they want to press buttons. But in saying that the Android, you know, still takes a great photo, I just feel like the, the operating system, the way it works, I, I don't feel like it's as intuitive, but I will probably be shot for saying that by a lot of people. Oh, look, I'm with you as well. Again, with those workshops that I've done with someone else, um, they were Android. And so it was so funny. We'd come in, I'd do the social media and then she follows on with with her stuff. And yeah, it'd just be like, well, if you've got an iPhone question, well, that's me. I can help you with that. But if you've got an Android, I don't even want to talk to you. I can't help you. Um, that's the photographer over there. She's Android. So we'd always have like little um, fights of, of who takes a better photo. And hers did, even though it was an Android. I think it has more to do with who she is as a photographer than the uh, device. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, iPhone just works. Everything talks together. I'd love it. Can I ask you, is there one tip that you could perhaps share to take a better photo apart from cleaning your lens? Oh, cleaning your lens is a huge one. I'd probably say like one tip, that's hard. I'd say three. One would be find somewhere that's got gentle, indirect soft light is incredibly important. People tend to ask me, oh, how can I take a good photo in these situations and I am very blunt and say I'm sorry but you're taking photographs at night at an event and you're not going to get a good photo so unless you've got a professional camera on a tripod so there's no way out so good light I think people think that if you've got a good camera or an editing program that you can magically make the photo better and you can't so good light and I would say using grid lines on your phone so they are normally put on in within settings and so they are two lines that go horizontally and two lines that go vertically and they're really helpful for framing your photos better and making sure that when you take a photo that lines are straight within your image by lining them up with the the line in the photo and I'll probably say mostly using the front facing camera rather than the camera um, that you use for taking selfies where you can see yourself because it takes a much better quality image. Oh, hands down it does. Um, All business owners should definitely upskill themselves, especially something like your corsets, you know, really clear to understand. It's coming from a professional and that you're obviously very generous with your knowledge, but also it doesn't take a lot of time to sit down and and invest in that either. So they can just knock it out and then off you go and, and be creative. I agree. Yeah. You don't want to be bogged down in three days of learning how to use something because it's just not realistic. People just want something that's a couple of hours and let's move on and keep going. Mm. So my final question is, um, could you tell us about a friend of yours that we all need to know about? Yes, definitely. So I'd say my friend, Sarah, she has two businesses going, which is the wool shed that has seasonal long table lunches on her farm, uh, which if you check out her Instagram, it's absolutely spectacular, beautiful, magical scenes. And she also has a new product out, which is called Lasac which is basically like a gardening belt that's super stylish, looks a bit French looking, and that has little pockets and stuff that you put your secateurs in and your phone and your ear pods and seeds and all the things that you often leave around the garden and then grass grows over them and you never find them again or the lawnmower chops them up. Um, yeah, so I'd say um, Sarah, she's doing some really cool things. I don't know how she does. You know, she's one of those people who um, you wonder whether she sleeps because <laughs> she's got so much amazing stuff going on. Um, she's very inspiring. So I'd say, Sarah, uh, you need to check out both her Instagram, Lasac, and her long table lunches. 
Amazing. Well, um, Lasak is actually featured in the mag. <laughs> so that's one of the photos, just one of the photos from your gallery that we've popped in there. Um, but even then, it's just something that sort of sparked my, oh, this is really nice. We'll have to follow on down the, the little garden path there one day and, and find out a bit more. But this is how it happens, isn't it? It's um, connecting through other people and, and sharing other people's ideas and their businesses and just beautiful connections happening all the time. I know. I feel like it happens so organically. Like I, I feel really lucky that I'm putting together a bit of an email out this week on just local gift ideas for, and um, there are so many, like there's an amazing gin company, there's Lasac, there's a pottery. Like it feels so easy for me to come up with a huge list of local businesses in my area. There's some of them I've shot for, some of them I, I know in person through um, or through Instagram. And it's just, it feels really exciting that in you know just this one area I think if you're really connected to community and you're speaking to people and sharing what they're doing it just like it just creates such a good feeling of being able to kind of uplift small rural businesses by helping each other out like it's just it's simple it really is it takes no effort and it um, for me it's yeah it's an easy thing to do. That is such a value add to what you do as a photographer to hiring you. And it's probably a really hard one to describe when you're giving them your pricing list. You know what I mean? Like the value that actually comes from that, from just word of mouth, for sharing them in your email list, you know, something small like that, that as you said, is really organically. So it has a better cut through, uh, I think. Um, I really do want to say thank you um, so much for your support of Oak, uh, for being one of our members and then obviously sharing your story with us and, and being on the podcast. Um, I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It really has. I think you're doing great things for the magazine. I'm just so loving uh, all the excitement around living rurally and businesses at the moment. It's, um, yeah, it's really special. Yes, it is, isn't it? There's um, no shortage of stories, that's for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, honey. Thank you. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.